Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. Portions of the show may be previously recorded. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Uh, today, my friends, I'm going to start out the conversation with um, how people make their financial decisions and Maybe we'll even call it the financial decision tree, although I don't have it actually written out in depth into little minute, detailed steps of what to do and not to do. This whole thing came about the other day when someone called me up and said they wanted to come by and and uh, discuss. Well, they didn't even say what they wanted to discuss, but they, they showed up and I knew they wanted to discuss something about investing. Uh, or you just wouldn't call me up in that much of a frenzy. You know, I'm not the guy you call about, you know, marriage problems or whatever you call me about the financial stuff. And so um, we sat down and discussed the situation. I could see very quickly that the conversation was headed in the direction of, well, I really don't know what to do. I've got a bunch of properties right now, very successful I've got millions of dollars worth of equity sitting in these properties, and I don't know if I should sell the properties and pull the equity uh, and then have to go find new properties and or if I want to stay where I'm at. And then the discussion got off on how two of the properties are very easy to run. They've been turned around. They're in great condition. And the third property, the newest of which was just picked up, was just a nightmare. It was just driving this person crazy with um, the tenants that were giving them problems and the maintenance and repair and the rehab and all of which had been done before in the past. But what I want to get to here, guys, is there was a point where in your career, 
in anything you do in life, you get tired. And you get tired of the tediousness and the battle to get up and battle every day. Now, some people thrive on the battle. Some people derive their ego from the battle, take the battle away from them, and they shrivel up and die. I mean, it's just who they are. They cannot find relaxation. They cannot find calm in their life. And this person might have seemed like that as a person, but really deep down inside had come to the point where there was a change in feeling. In other words, man, I took this thing and I ran with it and I went as far, you know, went this far and I've been very successful and I could, I could keep doing it. I can keep fighting the good fight, but I don't know. I'm tired. Words came out of the mouth. I'm tired. You know? And I know that. I know that thought. The thought hits all of us at one point or another when we're doing stuff in life. So, you know, I'm just tired. It's when, you know, I don't want to fight that battle anymore. Unless, and it doesn't come out of your mouth, if you plan for it. In which case, you make the right financial decisions. And that's what I want to discuss today is how as you grow up, as you mature, as you change in life, as you hit different financial stations in life, you have a different set of values, different set of goals. They change. And so they should change if you're at all smart. Otherwise, you would be hitting the grindstone for the rest of your life until you die. So I wanted today to discuss this conversation uh, because I think it's an important conversation for a lot of people out there. Now, what I want you to understand is, is as you discuss this kind of a conversation, people at the top of the socioeconomic bracket have a lot more possible choices of what they want to do. They have massive possibilities and create a derivative of outcomes. It's just a matter of what they really want to do. What is the trade-off in their life? People at the bottom have very small trade-offs. I mean, there's really not much they can do. They've only got a couple of choices. But those are 100% all-inclusive choices that mean everything. Where someone at the top can make a small mistake, deviation from what would have been the right plan. And they're not going to come out that much worse off and probably can shift uh, without it being too much of a problem. With people at the bottom, man, they make a problem, they make a mistake, and it's just going to slam them and keep them where they're at, at the bottom. And so as we go through the conversation, I want you to understand that I'm trying to jump around from, hey, here's what the people at the top think, here's what the people at the bottom think, both so the... The radio show is conducive to everybody getting something out of it. That's important. Secondly, because you have to realize these decisions will change, and you have to be willing to let go of one set of your decisions to get to the next one. You can have, and I love this saying, you can have anything in life you want, but you can't have everything in life you want. Everything in life is a trade-off. And so you have to make decisions. Am I willing to do this to get that? Am I not willing to give up that to get that? You know, give up this to get that. 
Those are the major decisions in your life. So the first question that I asked this individual, and I was thinking about it because, you know, this was unprepared. I hadn't thought this through at all. This person just showed up at my house and wanted to discuss stuff. So I spent a good amount of time just listening before I said anything because I wanted to get a good grasp on what was really being questioned or what was really being proposed. Uh, you know, sometimes people speak at you from the point of view that they really are not asking you a question. They're telling you what they think to see if you'll agree with them. And I was looking to see if that's what was going on there or not. And so, we, you know, again, this is conversation is difficult to go through because it's so multifaceted and because I just ran into this the other day. This is not part of my seminar. This is just something that actually something I've thought about for myself my whole life, but it's something that I'm articulating here for one of the few times in the past in this particular order, never, right? So let's take a look at this. The very first question that I ask is, are you where you want to be financially? Now, you got to be careful here because people lie. They lie to themselves. And, you know, because your ego, your ego wants you to believe you where you want to be. Oh, yeah, I'm doing great. Everything's fine. No. Everything is fine if you're happy where you're at. It's not fine if you're not happy where you're at. So the first question has to be, do you have your dream life? Would it be different if you had more money? What would you change? And it's interesting when you're at the very top, you think about things like, okay, now that I'm a multimillionaire, I've got a home of my dreams. I've got the cars of my dreams. I've got the toys of my dreams. I've got the wife of my dreams. You know, you got your kids, you got your grandkids, you got your animals. Okay, what else is there to fill your life with, right? You go out to eat anytime you want, anywhere you want. You travel whenever you want, wherever you want. And different people have different amounts of desire to do any and all of those things. Right. But the point is, you have the ability to do any and all of those things. If you want, then you're satiated. But then there's other people. They're not even close to being satiated with that kind of money. And they don't think they're there unless they have a jet plane. They don't think they're there unless they have a yacht. And I mean, you're talking about a yacht minimums a million bucks. That's not too bad. I could buy a yacht. You could buy a small plane. I don't know, a jet, the smallest jet, probably four or five million for a decent jet. Uh, I can afford that. I don't want one. Right? Say, well, is it is it worth it to you to have one? To me, all I see is you got to have a place to park it. You got to have somebody to clean it. You got to have somebody to fly it. You got to pay for the gas. And you only use it every once in a while because I'm not a traveler. So to me, it's more of a problem than it's worth. Take a short break, come back, and get further down this road. Your fever is high, and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. 
coworker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. Retiring America, one person at a time. This is the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Now, more unconventional wisdom from your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're discussing financial decisions that people make in their lives. And uh, we just started at the top thinking, okay, big picture. Are you happy with where you're at? Now, you have to understand it. We're, I'm talking about rich people now. We get down there to the people at the bottom, and you're thinking, man, these guys are happy with their little nine-to-five job. Some people are happy with no job at all, just living off welfare and living off, you know, these government checks that are coming in now uh, where they're paying you not to work. You know, and they're happy there. That's all they want out of life, right? So some people are satiated way down there. Other people are at the top. And I remember when I started making a million bucks a year plus, and I started thinking to myself, i got to figure out how to – elevate my cost of living because I just don't live like a rich person. Maybe I need some stuff. And so I started looking at yachts and I couldn't get into yachts because everybody had a yacht was an old person. And all they did was they sit on the yacht and drank and got sunburnt until their skin was leathery and, you know, spent money for gas and booze and repairs and storage. There was nothing that was exciting. I mean, it was nice to get on a boat every once in a while. I'd go out with a lot of friends. And I've realized one thing they said is that the smart thing to do is have friends with boats. Don't own boats. Have friends with boats, right? Then we looked at motorhomes. And, boy, motorhomes were even worse. You know, you get there's really nothing to do in a motorhome. You go park in a little motorhome park. You drive around. It's almost all old people at these parks. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know why people drive around in motorhomes, I guess. Whatever it is, I'd rather stay in a luxury hotel when I got there and drive around in a car and not have to drive around in a motorhome or, you know, drag a Jeep behind you or whatever you do. You know, just, I just don't see it. So none of those things were ever something I wanted. When I bought my first beautiful mansion, wow, then I realized what I like. I like getting up in the morning every day and seeing the same beauty unbelievable, working on it, developing it, and having the perfect cocoon for me to live in, basically. And that's where I like my wealth to sink in, right? Everybody has to figure what they want. But at what level? So, like, my wife's trying to get me to move up into bigger and larger and newer and more expensive homes, and I go, look, look, I can't imagine being any happier with 16,000 square foot, 20-car garage where I have giant play zone for, you know, man cave. Uh, I've got everything you could possibly want in a home, right? Except maybe one or two little things like a giant entryway, 
you know, with marble and pillars and, you know, all that. Of course, you know, the only time it would be worth anything if somebody actually came and visited you. The bottom line is, is that I'm satiated. So I'm asking this person, I said, are you satiated? Do you have what you want in life or do you want more? Because if you want more, and it really comes down to how much income do you have. You, you can't live off your assets, guys. You got to live off your income. And the income comes from the assets. So I'm asking, do you have enough income? And, you know, people say, well, yeah, I do. But then they look at the back of their head and go, yeah, but I could use a little more. And so you get to these levels. Level number one, top level, is you have all the income you could possibly ever want. There's no more desire for more income. Very few people ever hit this. Uh, and if they do even, they still continue to increase their income because they have so much money. They don't use it all. It has to go somewhere. It gets invested. You end up with more assets every year, and you end up making more money every year. So even if you're not trying to make more money, you're making more money. So what do you do at that point? Well, really, you get to some point where you start looking for extravagant things. Then you go to the next level where you start looking for charities to give it all away to. And, you know, you're there. There's money's. There's only so much you can do with money, right? Uh, and so, but that's not where this person was at. This person was getting up every day going to work because they had this apartment complex that they were turning around. They were, they were doing a value play. They were going in there and remodeling it and working on it and struggling and turning it around and fighting with tenants. And, and that's not the way I see real estate, right? But that's where they were at. And so they're thinking, well, do we want to keep doing this? And the answer is no, but I need more money. So you, you get into that deranged combination of thoughts that really that's why they came to speak to me. And I said, look, just got to make a decision. And the, the truth is you start asking yourself simple things, right? Like, for instance, as I was moving up through the wealth curve, the first thing was I had houses all over the place. And I said, I don't want houses all over the place. I want duplexes or fourplexes so that I had groups of houses. I had 15 duplexes in one neighborhood. I had four fourplexes in another neighborhood. I had two fourplexes in another neighborhood. So I had my homes all grouped together. They were in like maybe five subdivisions and got, you know, got consolidated. Then after that, I moved up to small apartment complexes and then everything was in one place. So that running around thing became much easier because then I had staff. Once I moved up further from that, I moved up to where I had staff, and then the staff were there. I didn't have to get up and go to work anymore. I didn't have to go to the, to the property. And the staff did 90% of the stuff, and I'd have to come in every once in a while and make some high-end decisions on stuff. Or maybe even just go over and get involved just because I was still dumb enough to believe I needed to get involved. I mean, it's just where I was at in life. You know, sometimes you want to do it, you want to get involved because it makes you feel like, you, you know, you're important to go over there and show the employees how, how it should be done and so forth, which is just dumb as a rod. But... It's where a lot of people are. It's where I was at for a while. So then you move up from there, and I eventually got rid of that and said, I got to have a management company. So I worked into getting myself a management company. That, so not only do we have on-site staff, we had management company, did all the management company work. So I didn't have to deal with any of that. And then I got to the point where I didn't want to have any Class D properties. Then I moved up to all Class C, and then I didn't want any Class C properties. I moved up to all Class B. And then I didn't want any Class B properties. I moved up to all Class A. And uh, 
basically I was just moving away from the clientele I didn't want to deal with, or really I didn't want my wife to deal with. She didn't like dealing with that clientele. And so, uh, you know, again, you just keep changing the quality of your life by changing the structure of your investments and your businesses. And you move it forward and move it forward and move it forward and you keep moving it forward till you get to where you want it. And like I said, it never, ever is completed because by the time you own an apartment complex for five to seven years, the mortgage is due. It runs out. So now you got to either go refinance it, which means you're going to make another five to seven year commitment on the project. Uh, or and in case you're going to have to re, you're going to have to renovate it again because it's, you know, five, seven years later, it needs to be renovated. So you're back in, in there taking care of that one. Or you sell this one and go buy something else and do it again. I mean, it's just, that's what it comes down to. There's a five to seven year cycle on these things that you just have to go back and do something with it. Now, I've separated myself from doing that work. Could I decide that I want to go back and attack more projects? The answer is I could attack more projects. But I decided I didn't want to attack more projects. So I started buying commercial real estate and with triple net leases where I don't do anything. And that's just another decision that you make about where you want to be in life. Take a short break. Be right back with the Del Wamsley. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hearing the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Want more life-changing knowledge? Access our podcast and listen on demand at lifestylesunlimited.com under the radio tab. Now your host, Dell Wamsley. Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're discussing financial decisions and we're breaking them down into are you in 
category A or category B. And category A is I just don't have enough money yet and I want more money. And if I want more income or if I want more net worth, I have to go out and do something to get that. And to do that, I have to either reposition the assets I have, utilize them more effectively, take dead equity out of properties and move it to something larger or more or into something else, put it that way. Uh, or I've got to use my physical attributes. I've got to go work. I've got to go rehab something. I've got to go out there and run another business and operate another business. That's what you do, right, if you're at that mode where you have to have more money, more income to be satiated. Once you don't have that, then you can start to look at, okay, I'm going to have more money, but how can I do it and be more happy? Tony Robbins has this great little thing where he says, the quality of your life is directly related to the quality of your questions. So in this particular case, the question might be, well, how can I have more money? Well, you can work your butt off. You can you know, save. Uh, you can live like a miserable life, uh, blah, blah, blah. That's not really the question you answer. The question you want to ask is, how can I have more money and enjoy life is a better question. And... When you get into that, then you start asking yourself questions about your investments. At some point along the line, you know, you know you got to do more, right? Uh, because you're not where you want to be yet. You're not as wealthy as you want to be. You're not satiated. But more doesn't have to be the same kind of more. It doesn't have to be as hard as what you're doing right now. So, I, you know, I looked at getting out of the, the bad properties. I looked at getting away from the bad neighborhoods. I looked at getting away from the bad tenants. I was moving away from the problems and the challenges by getting to better properties, better clientele, uh, and newer properties that had less maintenance repair problems, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I was getting better. But I also had some other questions. Like, for instance, I was asking things like, do I like where my properties are at? And, of course, I just said out of bad neighborhoods and into good neighborhoods, but also how far apart are they? You know, if I have to operate these properties, isn't there a way where I can accumulate stuff that's closer together uh, or closer to where I live is another good point to where it's easier for me to get there? Uh, and I did that. I started, you know, taking uh, and looking for properties that were closer to me. Uh, as opposed to farther away. And, you know, when you're looking at, and you're at the beginning of your wealth building cycle, I was talking to a guy the other day in the gym, and he was talking about he owns, you know, mobile home parks and recreational parks. And, well, that's cheap stuff with bad clientele that turns over all the time, uh, that the people who own it will sell it to you, owner finance with almost nothing down because they don't want it. They're trying to get out of that. And so that's why it was so easy for you to buy it and to buy so much of it because people don't want it. And uh, banks won't finance it because they don't want it. So you have to get owner financing. So they're looking for anybody willing to work hard and take their position over and pay them some money off of their asset and take it over, right? That's what happens. And, you know, I was talking to him about, you know, where do you go from there? He goes, well, you have to go to apartments. He goes, no, you don't have to go to apartments. You might go to houses, which is a better quality product. You go to duplexes and fourplexes is a better quality product than those things, but they cost more and you have to be able to qualify for loans. And the world asks for a better owner to own a better quality of real estate. So you have to become a better person. 
a better investor, a better financial entity, I guess is another way to say it. So the banks will want to deal with you and sellers will want to deal with you and they'll sell you their better pieces of real estate and finance them for you. You're constantly looking to upgrade your situation until you get to a certain thing. Now, one of the things I did was is that I would sell one of two things. Every year I would sell the smallest thing I had and bought some, buy something larger. So that was constantly moving to larger, which are supposedly easier to operate pieces of property because you have staff in them and you don't have to go over there yourself and look at the units and make sure the make ready are done or get people out there or any of that stuff or collect rent because you have managers to do all that stuff and maintenance men to do all that stuff. So I was selling small stuff to move up to larger stuff um, was really, you know, one of the things that I was looking to do. I was also looking to get out of older stuff and move into newer stuff. One of my biggest pet peeves is to get away from flat roof properties. I had everything I had was flat roof. I wanted to get to pitch roof because it's just easier to maintain a pitch roof than it is a flat roof. There's all flat roofs always leak. So it was a, just a constant upgrading of the quality of my product and my asset. And eventually, I went from Class C to Class B to Class A, and then I went to Class A's close to my house, and, you know, right around where I live to where it's just getting your cars just right around the corner if you ever, ever really need to go there, where I don't really go there, but, you know, if I did, it was close. So just, just weird stuff. But that's just me working out the quality of life I want, and I have that quality of life. Now, when you get up to my level, you're constantly increasing your net worth and you're constantly increasing your income. Why? Because you're making so much more money than what you're spending and you're plowing it back in. And because you got to put it somewhere unless you just go waste it. And so you're just plowing it back in and plowing it back in. Now, the problem is, and really it's not a problem, <laughs> the beautiful part is the more you plow back in, the more money you make, the smaller percentage of what you're spending is to that number. And so now you can go and spend larger and larger amounts of money, and they still are irrelevant to how much you're making. And that's really, to me, the beauty. That's the, that's the spot. When whatever you're spending isn't even touching what you're making, and you're spending everything you want to spend, that's it. That's when you know you're there. That it's, it's all about that. It's done deal. You're happy. No need to go out there and kill yourself anymore. No need to keep building your assets other than, like I said, you have to regenerate and germinate those assets on a regular basis. Now, people at the bottom, you got a job. I mean, I, I meet people all the time that nobody cares anymore. Some people don't even want jobs. Let's move up to the next level. Some people have jobs and are happy with just having a job. They're not willing to save any money and put it aside. Some people save and have a rainy day fund, but they're not willing to invest to try to make more money with their investments. They say, I'll make my money by working. They'll even work two and three jobs, but they won't invest because uh, to them, the only way to really make money is to go earn money by working and so on and so forth. And some of these, these habits never go away. I, I know a person uh, that owns a bunch of businesses, and she still gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning and goes to work every day. It just blows my mind. just blows my mind that she works so hard. And she's like 70, 75 years old. She still works eight hours, 10 hours a day, gets up at four in the morning. It just blows my mind that she never understood or never got it that she didn't need to do that. It just never went away from her being a poor person. She's always been afraid of being poor. 
And everything she does, she does to try to avoid being poor. She pays people under the table so she doesn't have to pay taxes on the money. She takes money under the table out of her register tills so she doesn't have to pay taxes on her earned income. She does it all. She acts as if she's starving to death at every moment. Every time she goes to buy stuff, she brags about how much she got a discount on it, uh, how she, you know, manipulated a deal. And I'm just thinking to myself, how is there any happiness in being rich and still feeling like you have to do all those poor people things? But that's the way people are. Why? Because they're not willing to change. And you have to be willing to change. So if you're out there right now and you got one or two rent houses and you're wondering why you're not rich, it's because you stopped at one or two rent houses and you didn't figure out how to get to 10 rent houses or to a small apartment complex. You just gave up. You said, it's not worth it to me. I did two rent houses. They worked. I made money, but I'm not going to do any more. That's it. That's all I'm willing to do. And granted, many of you got those rent houses because you got married and had an extra house from the person you married or one of your parents died and left you a house. And so you ended up with just by, by chance, my gosh, or by golly, a rent house. Uh, you didn't really plan it. And so you never really knew how to get into one because you just lucked into one. But still, after seeing it work, you should have wanted to keep doing it. Yet most people don't. People at the bottom, I understand they just don't have the desire. They don't have the motivation. They don't have the information. don't have the education. And so they're stuck. But people at the top, you guys have now got some money. You you broke through the theory of work for the rest of your life. You broke through that theory and decided you were going to go out and invest. You've invested, and now you've got some assets and some money. And this is many, many lifestyles people. And yet they still can't let go of the work. They still want more. We'll take a short break. Be back with the last segment of the Del Wapsley Radio Show. Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. Got a question? Call 855-497-4DELL. That's 855-497-4335. Or email Dell at askdell at l-u-i-n-c dot com. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. And, uh... Right now, I want to get into uh, the second quarter data results out of A. It's from ALN Apartment Data Services. And what I want to go over is the effective rents and what they've been doing here in the second quarter of 2022. And um, just going down the list here of places that we've invested. I mean, there's every city in the country here in this list. But overall, in fact, let me start with the overall, and then I'll come back to the local cities because I kind of just highlighted the ones that we uh, actually do most of our business in. The national average is a rent increase of 15% in 2022 over last year. The average occupancy nationwide is 93.7%. Uh, so um, let's see here. That's We're up about 70 basis points. And it's a 0.8% change in total rental price. Rental price last year average was 1437. Rental price average this year is 1653. All right. Having said that, we just take take it that you know the average is 15%. And let's take a look at some of the cities. And by the way, we invest all over the country. We have 50,000 clients in all 50 states. But there are places that 
do better. And somebody asked me, you know, how would you characterize the rental property or the states that have the best rental property increase, value increase, so on and so forth? And I blew everybody's mind, but hands down, it's real simple. Every state that is a Republican state or every city that is a Republican-run city, everything is going up. People are coming in, rents are going up, occupancy is high, et cetera, et cetera. Now, take every democratically run city, most democratically run states, and you're seeing flight. You're seeing people leaving. You're seeing the occupancies go down because people don't want to live in these places because of democratic rule. Not going to go any further than that. You can listen to the news and figure it out yourself. But that's just the bottom line. I see the numbers. So let's take a look. First of all, Arizona. One of our big states, 20.4% rent increases, 20.4% rent increases. Can you imagine that? Just it's an amazing amount of rent increase. Florida, another big state for us, 25.4% rent increases. I mean, my gosh, the average is 15. Those two are just blowing it away. And you see why our, our members invest in these locations, right? Georgia, another state we have a lot of investment in, 17.4%, again, above the average. Now, here's one. I just got back from Hawaii, and Hawaii, most of the members there don't invest in Hawaii. They invest in other states, even though they're members in Hawaii. They live where they want, uh, you know, in a beautiful island, and invest somewhere else where there's money to be made. That average rent increase there was only 5.9%. Not a lot of growth there, right? Just not a lot of growth there. Uh, let's see the next one here. Michigan. We've got some stuff in Michigan, and Michigan is not doing that well. Uh, we've, uh, we were talking about this just the other day, in fact, uh, how we had done a seminar up in Michigan. And I think it was Detroit, and we weren't getting, a lot of, weren't getting a lot of traction there, and I can see why. The rent increase in Michigan is only 11.3%. So, you know, the numbers don't lie. You can tell where people want to be. You can tell where people want to invest. And I guess Michigan, probably a Democratic state, if I had to guess, simply because of the unions there, you know, the auto, the auto unions and so forth. So there it is. Just because we have a bunch of members that live there, they tried to invest there. They're now going other places and investing because, again, a Democratic state, Democratic-controlled cities, they're losing it. That's all there is to it. All right, let's see. South Carolina. We've got stuff in South Carolina. It's not doing bad. 17% in South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, Georgia, Florida, that whole southern core right there where people are moving out of the north and moving out of New York City and New York State. Uh, we're getting a lot of growth there. So South Carolina's good. Turn it over. Tennessee, we're getting really good growth in Tennessee. We've got a lot of people investing there. We've got 19% rent increase, overall rent increase. Now, by the way, these are effective rents. These are net of rent increases, um, whatever specials you've got going, concessions, whatever, blah, blah, blah. This is just net increase. So Tennessee, we're talking about 19%. Great state. A lot of people are investing there now. Dallas-Fort Worth, we've got 19.2%. Uh, Greater Fort Worth, we got 18.5%. Austin, we've got 20.2%. Houston, we've got 13.6%. And you can tell that Houston is a democratically run city, right? Harris County is getting killed 
every one of our politicians in this city has got a criminal indictment against them. Um, it's just, it, it's a nightmare. And uh, all the taxes and the water prices and the sewage prices and anything and everything, the school system, they're all being destroyed by the Democrats. And so people don't want to live in Houston. Now go right across over to Fort Bend County, and it's a whole different animal over there because people want to live in Fort Bend County because it's not run the same way. Okay. Uh, let's see here. San Antonio, 15.3%, pretty much average. Texas average is 16.8% for the whole state. That's the average. Virginia. There we go. Got a lot of stuff in Virginia, 13.4%. And South Carolina, 17%. And average, 15%. Well, my friends, as you can see, we're doing great where we're investing. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.